We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello and welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. My name is Colm Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. A bonus edition of the show today. And as always, I'm joined by Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners at Rotoviz. We are going to be writing some rosters on, on today's edition. This was something we mentioned as a kind of a thing in passing, and it's become very popular with the listeners sending in different roster selections uh, and what we would advise them to do on those. So we're going to do this as a bonus edition this week. If you have any you'd like us to look at in future, send them in or send any of your questions our way at rotovisradio at gmail.com or my way on twitter at over to marlin but sean uh we have had three shows so far this week it's been a lot of fun having those but i know you're also doing your shows with uh ben which then i help produce but um what have you got going on this week at stealing bananas well colin it has been awesome to do these shows with ben and uh, we appreciate so much having you as our producer it gives us a lot of confidence to do these and and been a three-man team on this so Really appreciate that. But yes, this week on Stealing Bananas, it has been the Dynasty Week. We've talked in episode one about how to create the permanent championship window. How do you go out and try and win from year one but not sabotage your team? Build this team that can be competitive immediately and yet young stars, lots of future draft picks, uh, basically skipping the rebuild or skipping the punt and going directly into fantasy dominance the things you have to do and the tightrope that you have to walk to accomplish that we talk about perpetual reloading and keeping this kind of team going so you can have that permanent championship window for your dynasty team then in episode two we talk about tactics we talk about the four core elements of high volume trading in dynasty how that works into perpetual reloading and how you can build even more of a juggernaut as you go through if you're executing trades in the right way. We talk about some of the specific players we're going for in trades right now and discuss a little bit of our strategy for the upcoming RV Triflex Dynasty startup that Ben and I will be doing. The draft will get going tomorrow and we're excited about being able to draft with the rest of the community in this league. We had a lot of requests to be in the league. That didn't work out with how it kind of uh, filled up after we signed up, but that might be a possibility for the future but anyone who is not in that draft don't sit out the 
FFPC has lots of Rotoviz Triflex Dynasty Leagues going, and the feedback from this format has been absolutely fantastic. People love them. They're great for trading. They're great for building deep teams. You have the super flex. You have the extra flex positions. You can build your team the way that you want. Make sure you get out there and get into the RB Triflex startups going on right now. And then nothing Dynasty would be finished, would be set, would be anywhere close to its full potential without the great Ryan McDowell, who comes on the show, talks about productive struggle, talks about how maybe you can punt the first season, but then you will go on the string of championships as a result. But it's not that easy, obviously. You have to know how to execute it. Ryan is the guru. He helps us with that. And he gives us some really cool ideas for draft formats, for dynasty formats. If your dynasty league has gotten a little stale and you and your league mates are thinking about mixing it up, don't miss this episode. Ryan has some of the best ideas I've ever heard for how to create the best dynasty format and keeping people fired up and happy for the next decade. I'm looking forward to that and uh, obviously I get a sneak peek at these before they come out and uh, I know that the listeners will love these. It's, uh, I, I think I'm biased, but it's uh, the best podcast out there at the moment. So uh, do check out Stealing Bananas, those three episodes coming your way this week and they do drop in case you haven't checked it out yet, uh, dropping on Saturday, Monday and Wednesday of each week. So do check them up on Stealing Bananas podcast feed. But Sean, let's jump into some roster reviewing and uh, Sometimes it can be hard to decipher between uh, the text. There can be some text. I actually uh, got an interesting one, and in, in the first one we're going to go into comes in from Cam. Uh, he did uh, advise at the start of the email that um, because the email was so long, he could we could just skip to the uh, stuff and bold text. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. But uh, we have read through the whole email, but the question is uh, it's a keeper league, 12-man keeper league, one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one flex, uh, and then PPR, so no tight end premium uh, or any other scoring bonuses. And he has to keep two keepers this year. He's going to keep AJ Brown in the 16th round, which he says is an absolute no brainer. I think uh, <laughs> an absolute no brainer is probably an understatement there. It's a, a, an incredible value for you there. For a second, he cannot decide between keeping JK Dobbins in the sixth round or Kyler Murray in the 12th round. What do we think? So, Sean, in terms of. Uh, this one he says that he's leaning towards Dobbins uh, because QB is so deep this year and he can easily grab Tana late to pair with AJ or stash somebody like uh, Trey Lance uh, for the second half of the season and then Burrow as well so I think that uh, looking at it and being a 12-man league and then being one quarterback I think in a situation like that no matter what way it plays out most teams are probably going to have two quarterbacks on their, their roster, but that's still going to leave eight quarterbacks there. I think the upside of Dobbins is probably probably the way to go, but how do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, he, he mentions that his argument for Murray is that seven rounds of value at his ADP is better than two or three rounds of Dobbins. We do know that the value differences early in the draft are bigger than the value differences late in the draft. I think that this is a pretty balanced choice, which is one of the reasons why he would be struggling with it, obviously. I was kind of right on the edge with this one. I was maybe even leaning a little bit to Murray because I have Murray as the number two QB. I think that his chance to blow away the position is strong enough. That doesn't mean he's going to, but his chance to blow away the QBs from, especially say QB four through QB 12 is good enough that you might want 
to keep him. But we did get a postscript, which says that he gets to keep Dobbins from the year at, at the sixth round value if he blows up, whereas Murray and A.J. Brown would go back in the pool. I think that tipped it back for me. I think that Dobbins is going to be a guy where the next couple of seasons we get Derrick Henry light performances. You know, you, you shave 20 or 30 points off of Henry's score. I think that you're then in the Dobbins range. And his upside in individual games, you know, we're thinking about players who could have a five touchdown game in the playoffs, have a six touchdown game in the playoffs. You know, Dobbins, I think, is one of those guys because the Ravens are going to score a lot of points. They're going to score a lot of points in the ground. Granted, Lamar Jackson could steal some of those. Gus Edwards could steal some of those. But when we're looking at someone potentially doing what Alvin Kamara did last year, I mean, you know, you look at that game, you're like, well, Drew Brees could have thrown the touchdowns. Latavius Murray could have gotten the rushing touchdowns. I mean, there are always other possibilities, but we're looking for someone who combines elite talent in their own right, which Dobbins does, with an offense that's going to score a lot of points and a lot of points through your position. So uh, Dobbins, someone I think is actually a little bit undervalued this year, in part because, you know, I don't want a Derrick Henry or a Nick Chubb at those prices with the lack of receptions. Dobbins at a little bit of a lower price more palatable for me uh cool notes here from cam we really appreciate some of the things that he said he said he did go full-blown or modified zero rb in all his drafts last year and made the playoffs and everyone had a little bit of bad luck in the playoffs he says he learned two things last year the first he didn't draft enough wide receivers and so uh, an interesting take from someone who made the playoffs in every league because that's a challenge and then his other one was about rotoviz and the podcast and, and we definitely appreciate those nice notes but i'm gonna go dobbins there even though, yeah, I mean, if you have those two options, I think that you're going to win either way. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, really detailed stuff. I really enjoyed the, the the thought process behind it, a bit the bold font. But I think uh, really, really good uh, questions coming in there from Cam, and uh, appreciate all the detail in it. You uh, also mentioned the part about the you know the situation where the second round player he gets to keep for the third year, basically at that price, and then obviously Murray and Brian going into their third years would no longer be part of that uh, kind of keeper pool but i do think that it's interesting you know ryan mentioned some really cool stuff when he was on with you about different ways to freshen up leagues i think things like that there make these leagues even more intriguing so um an interesting little nugget from that league thanks cam for sending that one in and um, then jeff davison sends in the next one and it's always good to uh, get a variety of questions we are going to do the the roster rating kind of scenarios but these are all different ways that it can happen he is talking about an ffpc classic draft that he has done uh, and he's wondering uh, can we rate the draft for him so he did say it's just the fourth draft he's undertaken so he said he's a novice but hopefully obviously listening to the show helped uh, make some of those decisions and then um obviously uh, the more the more drafts the only way to go from complete novice to getting used to it is uh, keep on drafting um but in terms of what uh, jeff has said in round five, he was on the clock when the Cam Akers injury was announced. He said perhaps Henderson was the pick there. So if you start tight end and then choose a running back in round five, not sure structurally um, what makes sense uh, in round six in terms of uh, going a quarterback below ADP. He said perhaps Logan Thomas was the pick. Uh, round 10 seems like um, I should have taken Will Fuller, but structurally I thought uh, it was time for a running back. Um, so he was saying that he thinks that Fuller or, and, or Singletary seems preferable to Dylan uh, or Elijah Moore. Then in round 19, we're getting into those deep rounds. Um, instead of taking Crowder, um, this should have probably been in running back for uh, Evans or Gainwell. So there's uh, a lot of questions he's put in there, Sean, um, and I'm going to going to dive in and, and see what see what we can see here. But what's your overall thoughts when we, when we look at the roster? Would you 
agree with some of those changes perhaps you would have made um what what do you think overall well, sometimes we, you know, we get these questions where the, the readers want us to be, you know, very aggressive in terms of rating our team, like Jeff has mentioned in his notes here. And then I look at it, I'm like, I just don't know how aggressive we can really be because uh, it's been. Executed. So for, for the listeners, I was, I was wondering while I read it, I said, I've noticed you guys are very gentle in critiquing teams. I come from a work culture where we took emotion out of criticism with one common goal and creating the best product. Uh, so he's, as far as he's concerned, the more criticism, the better. So I don't know uh, how, how critical we're going to be here, Sean. Well, when someone executes something well, I mean, they they need to get credit for that. I, it, it's a team that we really like, right? So we have Darren Waller to start, Justin Jefferson middle of second, CeeDee Lamb middle of third, and we took Lamb at the 202 uh, a couple of days ago. So obviously we like that value there. DJ Moore in the fourth. Travis Etienne, this is kind of his first big question. Should he have taken Darrell Henderson? I think I still like ETN there with the receiving upside. Now, hopefully Henderson will have some of that, but despite being a back, you would expect to excel as a receiver. He hasn't done a lot of that at the NFL level. The Rams definitely talking about still making it a committee, even though they don't have a ton of talent behind him. I think that his ceiling is probably a little bit higher because he's not having to deal with a James Robinson, but Travis ETN, we know the talent level. We know the types of touches he's going to get. So I like that pick. Come back in round six, you get Lamar Jackson. Uh, to put it in context, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, both in the fourth round, Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott, both off the board. I don't know if this is a situation where the vaccination issues with Jackson have moved him down, but I, mean, I think the top three quarterbacks should be Mahomes, Murray, and Jackson. So to get him where he's getting him, that's a, a great pick because we do know that you're going to have to get quarterbacks at some point, and you're going to need three of them. One of the other questions was about not executing early enough with the third QB and Jackson here, I think fits very nicely. Now you do give up Claypool, you give up Smith Schuster coming back around Cortland Sutton in round seven, maybe the first kind of controversial pick uh, and only controversial in that you and I have had mild disagreements on this. And then there has been a little bit of news to where, you know, maybe he's also one of these guys, you know, like a burrow, like a Barkley where he's not a hundred percent confident in the knee for me, it's it's tricky because while we've made the pro case for Judy, despite the competition for targets and despite the quarterback play, I guess I have a little bit more difficulty making the case for that when the player is coming off of an injury. I, I prefer to get even more of a discount there. But then comes back in round eight with Elizabeth Chenault, which we, oh, we know we're going to praise. And then James Conner, A.J. Dillon in nine and 10. I mean, those are the guys that I really, really want. And again, that doesn't mean that they're going to end up being the right guys, but they have the profile that we're looking for. So he's got the elite tight end. He's got the elite quarterback. He's got the exposure to those wide receivers early. And then I love this running back group with ETN, Connor, and Dylan. And then I think that we should mention that he's executed defense and kicker properly uh, for a Rotoviz listener. That's what we would expect but it is also crucial. I mean, you can mess up the defense and kicker element. And we see when you go to the roster construction explorer that if you do mess it up, your win rates crumble, right? So he hit that crucially important. Colin, what are your thoughts on some of these later picks? He mentioned QB, maybe not strong enough after Jackson, tight end, maybe not strong enough after Waller. Now, you know, you have those guys as anchor pieces. Maybe they don't have to be as strong. I guess I don't mind these picks. Ryan Fitzpatrick, one of the guys I'm on, we'll see if you know he's good Ryan Fitzpatrick or bad Ryan Fitzpatrick this season. Mac Jones in round 24, 
yeah, so perhaps you're starting with only two, but I would prefer to have Jones kind of backing these guys up for the second half of the season than the other way around, obviously. And, and I do hope that Lamar Jackson is basically the guy who's getting the points early on. So I'm, I'm okay with the QBs. And then Zach Ertz in the 13th, Pat Fairmuth in the 25th. Again, there are ways in which you could say, okay, yeah, you prefer to be better at those spots, but you only have one pick in each round. You know, where would you have made a different selection earlier? I mean, through 10, I mean, this is basically the perfect roster. 11th is Elijah Moore. I mean, he's going to be going earlier than that in most formats. So I don't know where he would have deviated to make changes. We like Ertz. The camp reports are that, yeah, he doesn't want to be there, but he looks pretty good. Uh, I was just looking at Pat Fermuth yesterday to see what the reports were him were like. And, you know, maybe this is to be expected on most of these guys. You know, why not be positive as opposed to negative? But, you know, you look him up within the context of the Steelers and people are talking Travis Kelsey. So, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be Travis Kelsey as a rookie, but I think there's a lot of room for enthusiasm here. Yeah, I, I think now you mentioned where would you deviate. The one pick I probably would change, and I, I'm the one who tends to like Cortland Sutton the, the most out of us, but uh, in the seventh round, I think if we take uh, Sutton out and put in Logan Thomas, who went one spot after, um, I think that gives us a Waller-Thomas start there um, at the tight end position. And I think then you know you have a really solid foundation at that particular point at the position. So I think you could uh, it could have got stronger at uh, tight end there. The other thing I'd be interested in is when we're looking at um you know the ryan fitzpatrick pick i think that's fair and i think the mac jones pick's fair um i, I really was happy to see that he went with the three uh three kickers three three defense there to set himself up so overall i think it's a, a really superb uh lineup um you know you're when, when you get into the 26th 27th 28th round like pick the guys you think are are going to be there like i'm not drafting sony michelle very often but you know it's it's tough to, to pick on that um fairmouth was the the pick there for that tight end spot if we didn't have him taken there maybe somebody like darius slitton could have been uh, the target at that point but i think overall um this is a really really strong roster so for for just being starting out and having those first couple of drafts on board i, I know uh jeff you want us to to be hypercritical on you so we'll give you a we'll give you a b minus on this one <laughs> a b minus colin that's so just to, to go to a couple more possible mile changes, he mentioned James, the Jamison Crowder pick, uh, the Salvin Ahmed pick. We like him. Perhaps that could be Teddy Bridgewater instead if you want to be a little bit stronger at QB and you're willing to kind of take the risk to say, look, Bridgewater is the far better player. He's got to be the guy that comes out. Maybe that makes the team a little bit stronger than waiting for Mac Jones. Uh, the other thing at tight end, we really like Dalton Schultz. Think that he... Yeah, I mean, he's probably not as good a pick as Blake Jarwin, or at least, you know, I'm willing to believe the community to say that there's uh, that big of a gap. I mean, Blake Jarwin goes in round 13, Dalton Schultz, Schultz goes in round 23. I mean, I think it's going to be closer than that. So, you know, perhaps you move Schultz in there instead of taking the Raiders defense and take the risk of the defense coming back through. I mean, you're into that range where if you don't take a defense, maybe you don't get the third defense, which you definitely don't want you know, you could, again, take Schultz in the spot where Ahmed was selected. So a couple of little things late that you could do to get exposure to Bridgewater or Schultz, but there aren't a lot of guys who, who are clear-cut better selections than Mac Jones and Pat Furman at that point. 
really like the team that's been put together here. And, and Colin, we do need to mention at the very end that Justice Hill was the 28th round pick, which anyone who's listened to our show or Celine Bananas knows Justice Hill is going to come out and be at least worth a 26th rounder. Hey, Rotoviz Radio listener, this is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12 month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021, and you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package, is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The next question comes in to us from John O'Hartles, and he's looking to have his dynasty roster reviewed. It's a 12-team, two-quarterback, 0.25 points per carry, 0.5 PPR points, one point PPR then for tight end. So there's a tight end premium uh, to it. It's half point PPR, and it's a quarter point per carry then. So lots of lots of stuff going on in this particular one. He says he uh, the league has a tendency to devalue wide receivers and pump running backs because of the scoring and in general because this is me adding this question and that's what people do in general um so it's Dak Prescott Justin Fields to Zach Wilson he is Gibson Etienne Javante Williams Trey Sermon then at wide receiver he is Terry McLaurin DJ Moore uh, he is Chase uh, he has Cooper Cup is Cortland Sutton, Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, Terrence Marshall, Jacoby Myers, Nico Collins, Anthony Swartz, Tutu Atwell, Tylen Wallace. Every time I see that kind of run of uh, rookie wide receivers, I think of Sean's post draft piece on who you should be drafting in your uh, lit, lit picks there in your dynasty leagues. And then we have a, a tight end Pitts, Andrews, Gasecki, Everett, Hunter Long, and Moali Cox. Uh, Sean, I think this, uh, this roster's. Uh, should just get the the trophy at this point of the season or do we have to play the season because uh it's looking in quite good shape 
it is looking in quite good shape. I'm not really sure how you get a roster that's this good. You shouldn't be able to get four strong quarterbacks in a super flex unless you made some big sacrifices at other spots, which we haven't. You, you look at these four running backs. I, I think with the way that your league is playing this, that maybe you can move some more of the wide receivers, even for running backs. But the running back group is very strong and very young. We love Gibson, Etienne, Javante, and then Sermon is a little bit more of a wide range of outcomes kind of back. But, you know, there's a possibility he ends up being the number one back out of that entire group. Wide receivers are deeper. I'd be looking to perhaps trade some of these deep guys when they have some good reports, maybe get some future value, maybe turn it into uh, some running back depth but but only if, can, if you can get the value and let me look at the the tight end position with Pitts, andrews gasicki and even gerald everett there who has a chance to really bring back some of the upside or some of the value that we felt like he had several years ago now that he's going to be connected with russell wilson who we all know has this a very efficient target uh, relationship with his guys also has a 2021 first, a 2022 second, two 2023 firsts. And so I think this team is kind of in that perpetual championship window, right? We've got the win now. We've got the win later. He could potentially even move some of these guys to get more future picks. But, you know, you have the two mores at wide receiver. You have some depth. We mentioned Sutton as potentially a sell guy to get out of that in case the value collapses of course you get out of it now and, and you do lose the potential upside if he explodes back to the level he was pre-injury come i don't know that i really have any recommendations other than to keep doing what you're doing with this type of team you've got the young running backs and that's the absolute crucial element of dynasty because you want to have exposure to some upside guys without being caught in a situation where you're going to hold them to where the value goes to nothing yeah, no, I would agree. And uh, the one way you might have been able to put this roster together is if there is a tendency to kind of pump the value off the running backs with the quarter point uh, per carry. Um, maybe because there is only four, he only has four running backs on this roster versus the volume of wide receivers he's been able to acquire. That probably fits into that uh, kind of narrative that he's mentioned. So it might be a case to try and move uh, some of those wide receivers to get yourself that fifth running back. I assume it's a situation where you're starting two of them. And then with bye weeks and, and injuries, that could become a little bit of a challenge uh, if we don't add to the, the running back depth. Uh, on the wide receivers, you've kind of hit on uh, the veteran guys are probably the guys that you're going to look to move there. The Cup and Sutton will be the two that I would probably most likely, most likely lean on there. But again, if you're in your league, maybe there is somebody willing to pay a very high price for somebody like like Chase, for example, or, or McLaurin or DJ Moore. Um, so uh, I think it's a really, really fantastic roster. Um, guys are going to have to start sitting this in some bad rosters because uh, obviously we're being too nice with these, but it's it's hard not to be nice when the, the rosters are, are extremely strong. We do have one more coming in from Bradley Smith. Uh, he says he's been a subscriber to uh, Rotoviz and a listener since 2014, so uh, going back quite quite some time there. Uh, and he says the material keeps getting better and better. He's learned something new every day following the content on the site and the podcast. So thanks for the nice words there, Bradley. Um, his league is 12-team um, dynasty league, one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, two flex, and one super flex spot. Um, so it's tiered PPR uh, format in terms of scoring he says he usually uses half ppr for his research he says last season i sold off a lot of my draft picks to, to buy low on some running backs which he's kind of regretting now um he, 
And he says, I can't sell myself too low on any of the running backs that he did acquire. That was Zeke, Sanders, and Mixon, because uh, now he has a feeling they're all prime for a bounce back year this year. So it'll be interesting, Sean, when we run down through, I'm going to call out some of the players. We have Stafford, Matthew Stafford, Elliot, Mixon, Godwin, Judy Smith-Schuster, uh, Deontay Johnson, Tonyan, Miles Sanders, Chase Edmonds, Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, t- there's my favorite guy Heineke, uh, Justin Fields, uh, James Connor. Then he has Jeffrey Wilson, um, Kiki Cootie, James Washington, Jalen Rager, Darnell Mooney, um, Elijah Moore, uh, and then Cole Komet at the tight end position. So uh, quite quite a deep uh, overall team there, um, a mix of youth and experience. But Sean, my thoughts for you first are with those running backs that they acquired, and Zeke Sanders and Mixon. His concern is that they could bounce back and he would lose out on that value. My concern is that the seasons may not work out as exactly as we would hope and then that value dissipates even further. That is the trick here because all of these running backs are in a situation where it wouldn't necessarily take that much for their value to to absolutely collapse, right? I have... Elliot and Sanders, both in cases where in the Elliot situations midseason needed the push and was able to, or was willing to take on the risk, even with the weakened situation he was in at that point. Miles Sanders actually traded DJ Moore for him in a trade that, you know, I wouldn't normally do, but it was a 14 team league, very definitely needed running back production over wide receiver production. You know, it's one of those things where Sanders had the higher ADP in dynasty at that point and you're looking at that trade thinking okay well i need the position and yet still in your mind you know that that's not going to work out right i mean you know that in the next year or the year after that that sanders is going to be worth a lot less than dj Moore. and so uh, one of the issues that we have is we could continue on the wrong path if elliot doesn't come out and have a big first month then his dynasty value just gets eviscerated because right now what's holding it is this idea that there's some potential for him to really bounce back. I don't see a way for him to really move the needle back up much unless he's a consistent star. And even then it's, it's little, right? So he's in that situation where if he is awesome, it's a small move up. He's average. It's a move down. He's bad. It's a huge move down. And so things are really kind of stacked against you. Miles Sanders kind of in a, a similar or similar but odd situation in that some of the camp reports are that he's like barely holding off Boston Scott. And I think if you're not following the Eagles that closely, which, you know, most of us are are not experts on, on all 32 teams, then you're thinking to yourself, well, what about Kenny Gainwell? I mean, he's the guy who is being drafted in most of these best ball formats as being someone who could take some of this receiving value. And so if you're thinking, okay, well, Gainwell, as things move along, um, as he becomes a little bit more experienced then the rookie starts to push in addition to Boston Scott and they also have carry on Johnson there although Johnson uh, may very well be done I would be worried that in an offense where you're not going to have that many dump offs to the running back in the first place and then Boston Scott is getting involved the Sanders ceiling now has become very very low he looks like to me like he's being overdrafted in redraft he's a young-ish athletic guy and so those are the people that we do want exposure to in Dynasty, but his paths now to being a star are getting increasingly narrow. That doesn't mean he won't hit them. If you like 
the Eagles. They've got some young talent at wide receiver that may be better than people think. The QB, the coach doesn't seem to be on board with, but a lot of us have seen, I mean, I think casual viewers are like, you know, he was pretty good last year. So there's a potential there, but I'd be worried about Sanders. And then Joe Mixon is this guy where every season it comes out and you're like, well, if he stays healthy and doesn't run into the line and fall down every play, then the workload sets up for him to be a top five running back. And then every year he goes out and he gets injured and he runs into the line. And so <laughs> what do you do with that? At some point, you know, we're thinking, well, maybe Mixon will stay healthy and will run to daylight. But I mean, again, you have a guy who, because he came into the NFL so young, has been able to weather some of these injuries and some of the inefficient play. But even with that being the case, he's getting into this range where now because of age and because of how quickly running backs lose value, it's almost like a best case scenario is necessary just to maintain value. And so I, I can very much identify with what Brad is saying here. I would be looking to see if there are other owners who are like, oh, well, this is a, a buy low opportunity. This participant thinks that they need to get out and they're willing to give me this at a little bit of a discount, but it may not actually be a discount, right? I mean, look at the prices that other participants are willing to give you and see if it actually makes sense to move. I'm not saying sell low on them, but, but feel out the other people in the league. If they're actually willing to pay a little bit more than you realize, this is a time to you know, churn the roster, freshen it up a little bit, uh, get some younger guys in there, even if their early season upside is maybe a little bit lower. Yeah, and I think when we look at this roster, it's going to take a lot for it to break right for this team, I think, to, to make a run. Like, it's going to have to stay healthy all season long, and then the players are all going to have to, to hit. Um, and that's mainly due to the overall depth of the, the roster. I think, like, when we look at it, and you mentioned about the picks from last year, I think when we look at how it's set up, um, in a super flex format, we are usually talking about winning the flex, but in this situation at the moment, we would have, say, Miles Sanders, Chase Edmonds, and then Ezekiel Elliott and Joe Mixon in the flex. I think we could flip them out to have, like, say, Jalen Rager, Darnell Mooney in, in the flex, but I think we should be trying to move out of those guys into the wide receiver position to try and get some of that value back that way. Um, be interested, Sean, your thoughts too. The likes of an Elliott, would you... Like if that was me, I would be taking a you know a downgrade. So in one of the shows earlier this week, we did, I mentioned a two for one trade I did where I give up two players to get one. In that situation where I evaluate, I might take a a running back that maybe that we think may be ready to break out. Like I know he's already on this roster, um, and he may not he's not going to break out, but he's going to have a solid season. in James Connor, if I could like pick up say somebody like that there. Or, zach moss plus something else and you know that mightn't be possible in some leagues but that would be kind of what i'd be doing with the likes of elliot and mixon and sanders and um, to try and build in some depth to this by getting kind of some younger players and then trying to move towards the the wide receiver position as well because um it's gonna be hard for this roster to the other concern i have on the roster is um super flex and our second quarterback is uh, well hopefully it'll be Justin Fields once he gets up and running but we do have Ben Roethlisberger and we do have Cam Newton there as well so that quarterback situation could deteriorate quite quickly as well yeah I think I'm not as worried about QB with Fields there although as you mentioned the third and fourth quarterbacks 
uh, probably won't maintain value that much longer. Having Roethlisberger in there does help for competing this season because he probably will bridge the gap to when Fields is able to really be scoring those points for you. Uh, I agree with what you're saying there, Colin. The only uh, mild, not really flying the ointment, but element that might shift it a little bit in the direction of running back is the tiered scoring and how you know he mentions using half PPR for the research that potentially pushes some of those running backs into the flex or makes them better flex options. I would be looking at Elliot Mixon and Sanders and trying to see if I can get guys like Javante Williams, see if I can get, you know, some mix of Michael Carter and Trey Sermon, not necessarily looking to trade those guys straight up, but see if maybe you can do a two for two where you upgrade your wide receiver position and then you get a rookie running back, something to that effect, try and move these guys into earlier parts of their career. You know, obviously if you could get a Travis ETN, that would be a fantastic outcome. Maybe it takes Mixon plus, maybe it takes Sanders plus. Obviously in a dynasty situation, people are going to be valuing ETN more highly than in redraft where he seems a little bit undervalued, but you know, look for two for ones in, in either direction. Look for some two for twos, some three for threes. I get creative in terms of trying to make these trades. Uh, the trade that I made this last week was a four for seven where some of the players were Debbie players and there were some future picks involved. That was really the only way to get to the point where we could actually balance out the value. And so just kind of work through it with potential trade partners, you know, find out what works for them, try and figure out what they need, you know, how they can help. You can help them out, how they can help you out, you know, make both of your teams better and kind of make progress on the other 10 members of the league that way. Uh, get creative. It could be a way to really uh, freshen this lineup in a way that not only turns the team over, but it's fun both to talk trade and to have some different guys. Yeah. And that's thanks again to all the, the listeners who sent in questions this week, whether it was on today's show or throughout the episodes this week, we got a lot in. So looking forward to seeing what hits the mailbox this coming week. That's going to bring us to the end of the fourth show of the week. You can always get yourself a listeners only discount to a road of his NFL pass by adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout or go to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. As always, check out Sean as well on the podcast with Ben Gretsch. That is Stadium Bananas. I would highly recommend you are subscribed to both that and the Rotoviz OT podcast feed. Drop a written interview on your favorite podcast app. And until we're back again, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overton Marlin. My co-host is Sean Siegel, who you can check out on rotoviz.com. But until we're back again, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.